0: I'm joined by Random Coolsign and this week and for every week from now on till the end of eternity we will be doing a little 10-minute section at the beginning of every episode about what's gone on what's happening in the world of sim racing so Random Coolsign welcome to the show Hello there go. thank you for inviting me Anytime anytime I figured that you know if we're going to have somebody on the show that's going to talk about sim racing the news what's happening what the releases are in the games what the gossip is there is nobody better suited than you, sir. You the awesome, gossip. There right? is really no be- no one better suited, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this first episode. Then, what are you bringing to the table? What is happening in the world of sim racing?
1: Well, the one, there's a, a few big stories, but uh, the one for me that stands out the most. It's not one of the happiest ones. It's uh, the layoffs at Codemasters. Mm. Um, you know, Codemasters releases every year uh, the Formula One. Yeah, the Formula One series. It's a very popular series that uh, does incredible number of sales. In sim racing or in racing in general, it's one of the most popular games that releases yearly. And this year they had a release with uh, WRC. Uh, it had its issues, but in my opinion, a very solid racing or rally racer. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of people will like it, but, you know, it's a broad one. And it would be hopefully one that they, for them, they would we would be releasing on a yearly basis in the same way they release the Formula One.
0: Yeah, and it, it is kind of sad because Codemasters, you know, obviously bought by EA, but Codemasters are iconic in the world of sim racing. I think is one, one of those, it's like a gateway drug to sim racing. It was how I got into sim racing. The first, uh, first few league races I did were all in um, F1 and it was through the F1 community on the Discord that I was part of when I was part of a, uh, a league called Invictus Racing League. It was those guys who started talking about Assetto Corsa and I was like, oh, what's Assetto Corsa? And then I opened, it, I opened my eyes to the rest of sim racing and I, I imagine given the popularity of F1, a lot of people will have followed that journey where F1 was maybe their their route in so yeah to see that many layoffs uh a compound like masters and again you know especially f one twenty one 21 f1 2022 didn't have the maybe the warmest reception from the sim racing community but uh it was also interesting we were discussing before this episode um ian bell uh founder of mm-hmm. straight six and obviously working on gt Revive i wish
1: it was straight six it's straight four though
0: <laughs> straight four sorry yeah when i say straight six because know, straight maybe. six,
1: that's that's the joke about it, right? From At least for me, it's the joke. They say, oh, it has wonderful engines, of course, but so does a straight six, and everybody knows it's a straight six. <laughs> so if you want to name something, name it a little more exotic, like a V4 <laughs> or whatever. No, straight four. <laughs> it's,
0: it's a good point. I have to really like, remind myself that it's straight because it just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so he's uh, he's weighed into the, uh, the issue. He tweeted today, uh, 36 minutes before recording this podcast, saying, <laughs> it's kind of uh it's kind of it's kinda of sassy, but I like it, right? He tweets obviously an official statement from Codemasters uh in uh in, in quotation marks. He says, Our business is constantly changing as we strive to deliver amazing games and services to keep our players engaged, connected and inspired, an EA spokesperson said. Requires the company to make small scale organizational changes that align our teams and resources to meet evolving business needs and oh my god, and priorities. We closely work with the affected with the affected by these changes providing appropriate support, blah, blah 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 what a load of old corporate shite he says yes absolutely
1: <laughs> this is corporate lingo but i like the other tweet that is is done uh, merry christmas ea staff uh with, with doing the smaller organisation restructuring to enable blah 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 bollocks it's mm-hmm. christmas you bunch of corporate pricks 5.7 <laughs> billion profits not enough for you so that is the sad state of corporate in mm. you know in 2020s where um they're able to do massive amounts of profits and still lay off people because you know that's that's the the thing to do because they're all paid on dividends and all of that yeah and they don't ever pay taxes but that's that's yeah. something for another podcast i guess
0: yeah it is it is it is sad however you know just mentioning Ian Bell on the podcast like the GT revival game is one that I'm particularly excited for I think it would be nice to see a bit of variety in the cars that we're all racing okay so that's that news so I'm going to bring um some news about iRacing they've announced some information about their season one updates for 2024 and obviously it was kind of rough with the smooth the rough being the fact that they uh have said that the rain uh is not going to be coming until March so season two yes so what at the earliest at the earliest earliest. but I think it makes more sense it's better to
1: have something that is released in a a state it's it's always going to be buggy when Mm -hmm. it comes out but it's better to be buggy as in cyberpunk (laughs) 1.5 instead of cyberpunk release (laughs) you know I'm a a very big cyberpunk
0: uh, buff but you know before and after it's completely different there's always the sliding scale of like yeah. goodness, right? You just don't yeah. want to be too far up the extreme end. And it is interesting. It's interesting how um rain is such a sought after feature from, from sim races. And that I, I wonder like pardon me. That nobody uses. Exactly. This is the thing, right? Everyone's like, Oh, when's the rain coming? When's the rain coming? And I know for a fact that whenever yeah, I already said it's raining, I'm like, oh it's
1: awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes. I, I love, and, and, and well, ACC is the one, or even AMS too. I've done like uh, hmm. last week, I've done a stream uh, recreating Ayrton Senna's uh, Donington race, right? It's awesome. It, it, it re- requires you, yeah, exactly. It requires <laughs> you to think a little bit differently, a little bit parallelly. And if you know how to drift, it's even awesome. And yeah. I love it in Assetto Corsa Competizione. I love it in Gran Turismo 7. In Gran Turismo 7, it evolves really well. When it dries up, you get like mm-hmm. a clear line. But where yeah. the track is deeper, you get like loads and loads of puddles that won't dry. So I love it. It gives it. It gives a lot of dynamics into racing. But because it has that random element, a lot of people won't like it because it will mm. require you to think think outside of box instead of hot lap, hot lap, hot lap.
0: Yeah, and I, my- I guess as a content creator, it's nice to have like that extra element of storyline. Mm. There's like another layer of will it rain? If it does rain, what does that mean for the for the tire strategies, the pit stop strategies, yep. for the overtaking? If it's a narrow track or wide track? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, I can I can see the appeal. Um, I wonder how many people will will use it. It would be interesting actually to see what percentage of races on iRacing are done in the wet and in the dry and it's also going yeah. to be interesting to see how how they incorporate it into their seasons for example if you do a rookie master season are they going to have one race a season where it's raining or if you do the formula 3 season for example is it going to be random so you know so that the 11 o'clock race could, is dry the 12 o'clock yeah race, i see what i mean the one um, is wet, or is it going to be that that, that whole week is yeah i know i know
1: what you mean there's there's a couple of ways to do it uh, the, you can well a few years to do one is that one one week rains the other doesn't, which I hope mm. they don't do it. Mm. They can do it based uh, based on a randomness, a le- or, uh, certain mm. level of randomness. Like, let's say there's 100 races each year on this track. How many of them are rain? Right. Mm-hmm. That would be, I think, a way forwards that has some element of randomness. Let's say one in one in ten or two in ten will have rain. Or they can just use just uh, use uh, a real weather type of approach. So if it's raining on that track at that mm, specific hour,
0: that will be very. It cool.
1: will be raining on that track
0: for that race. You know, I like that. That's that's really cool because then you can't really complain. You can't really be like, "I always get rain. It, it's unfair. The algorithm doesn't work." Or, yeah. Because I was also oh, thinking, buddy, like... it's raining. It's raining there. What do you want? <laughs> Well, because so I was also there's a couple of
1: games you... that already do that. Automobilista Two, yep. does it, or Project Cars? I think Project Cars also had that, mm-hmm. um, and uh, A of Corsa with mods.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, but, but I wonder if they uh, if, if you, they then add an element of the I rating into it. So if you have a if you're if you're split five and your average I rating in a particular race is a mm-hmm. 1.6. Maybe there's a there's a multiplier there that you know you're a, you're 1.6 times as likely as the as the baseline to get rain, but if you're an average 5k, then you're five times more likely than the base uh, So it's some man. kind of way same same the, for like, everyone. Did you are the
1: more okay? So okay. I, I I'll always I'm 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 thinking that it shouldn't be by split. It should be by you know by not racing session, but by racing slot it's mm. a five o'clock slot, everybody gets the same. So yeah. you also have a way to compare apples to apples. Um, yeah. Let's say in iRacing specifically, you, you can be a second slower because it drops or raises 5C mm-hmm. in the a, in a track. You get a second slower or something. So if you randomize in between splits somebody on a bottom split has no way to compare to the guy in front mm. or the guys on yeah. the top at least for uh, at least for that specific race they'll have to do some sort of averages
0: yeah no, it's interesting it's gonna be really interesting how they how they manage that yeah. um yeah well i'm excited i'm excited to, i'm excited
1: uh, as well because it it, it is something cool uh for what all that i say about die racing they still have the best matchmaking mm. system bar none you know everybody well, else is is, is in,
0: in in middle school these guys are high school mm-hmm. university whatever do you think let's say you do a race and it's wet do you get an increased allowance of incident points and uh, do you get do you uh, get are you able to earn more i rating by winning a wet no. race than you would by a dry race no <laughs> i don't think so um is it is it a new rating perhaps a new weather rating so i'm, a, it, I'm a 4. Could be, 5, it could be it I'm could at... be that yeah.
1: in my opinion there are many things wrong with the i racing system especially with track offs and all of that i understand what they're trying to do but it goes to a certain point that doesn't make any sense especially with light contacts you get four x's for nothing yeah, yeah. or There's you know rating. somebody somebody goes out there's a crash in front of you and you need to go to the grass you got one x mm-hmm. for exactly nothing so
0: well losing control you got one x if you if, if if the if they deem that you've lost control of the car you might not even hit anything. it's a bit so archaic it the, the system is archaic so
1: that will mm-hmm. be a nice question to answer when you know, for, for uh, when the first season goes off or or they have enough data to to make a decision so if uh, it is possible that in the first season there will be a lot to complain about the um the balance if mm-hmm. they don't make any changes and yeah. they'll have to pick up that data and 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 they do a solution for it hopefully well, they have I'm done the it you know with we, with the the 17x you'd get disqualified now with mm. the 17x you get the drive thru
0: which yeah. does make sense yeah I need to. I uh, need to see if we can get somebody from iRacing on the show, maybe before the uh, or, or during the launch of that of that uh, release. That'd be very cool. Okay, so next story then, which is maybe a little lateral thinking in the sim racing world, but GTA Six, the yes. trailer has just come yes. out. What did you think? I, I'm thinking I'm not going to be in the the
1: the, the old people house before <laughs> trying GTA Six. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'll be 40 when it comes out. Yeah. So the, uh... yes. I've been playing G- Gran Turismo uh, I've been pra- playing GTA when since it came out in 1997 or whatever it was. I was 12 mm-hmm. years old. I remember all
0: of that. And doing it's the racing and stuff. Yeah. So I'm I'm very happy. And what do you think about the potential for some for a racing scene in gta oh city. yeah
1: oh yeah oh yeah the, the, i've heard a couple of news first of all uh we have to say that since grand Theriz, uh, gta 5 4 i mean there's been a huge increase in car culture it it started happening in vice city with car culture you had car you had races you know they they have those jokes with cars but then it started evolving and evolving and becoming a little more towards having tuning cars and whatever that you can, you know, get your car there and start tuning the cars that happens in San Andreas, if I'm not mistaken. But with the advent of 5M, there's a whole culture around uh, GTA as in a racing game or a drifting game or a toge game or a modding game. It became... of course. essentially is what's... GTA is generally so for us uh, aceto course or BMG are the modding counterparts of uh, the modding counterparts in sim racing but you know GTA 5m is huge
0: mm. yeah it's and gonna, I be, it's to gonna be yeah I think the the online opportunities there and there's there's so much we don't know about the game and there's so many kind of uh rumors about Know car ownerships and garages Mm -hmm. and and you know, and and modded tracks, right? You could you could literally mod mod the tracks into uh into GTA 6. Like, there's there's some there's some real potential for some for some proper I don't know if I want to call it sim racing, but at least online racing community, absolutely with a better edge. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It it does have the 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 opportunity for that, and it would be losing some if they didn't allow for uh. For that, I think they're mm-hmm. going to have the the car clubs like you talk about. I think they're working with the 5M guys. It's one of the reasons why um, the game is probably coming later in the PC. Another reason is double dipping sales. That I would be one of those yeah. persons, you know, Mr. buying Sineco. for. Yeah, no, no, it's it is true, uh, you know. And when Gran Turismo, uh, when Gran Turismo, right? <laughs> when GTA five came out, I bought it for the PlayStation Three, and then I bought it for the PC. So that's mm-hmm. you know that's double dipping. Yeah, and and they did it the same in in Red Red Red
0: Dead Redemption too. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know that is true. Actually, a lot of people complain about it, and then we'll do it anyway. <laughs> they will do it you, anyway. You Want the game as soon as it comes out, but yeah. then you want you want the game two with the mods and everything. Yeah, with the experience the and all of that. And it's likely
1: I'll do the same with the <laughs> with with GTA Six. I'll buy it for the I'm PlayStation it, Five. I don't like it, <laughs> and then I'll buy it for the PC. It's it it, it is. A bit of a different experience yeah. going from the PlayStation 3 to the PC. It was
0: like night and day. You know what I would like to see? I would like to see the ability to create custom liveries for cars in GTA 6. Don't can't you do already that on Five M? You can do it through mods, yeah. So you can you can yeah. mod the car, but in terms of you know d- designs and, and livery, because you'd have to do, Ooh, you have them
1: I know, like the like livery. a proper livery creator or mm-hmm. something
0: that you can import into the game for well, your maybe, own. You know, maybe thing. like the physical location, like the paint shops. Do you remember, yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. You drive into the paint shop and then you lose all your stars and you come back out with it. That would make Kevin. sense because this is uh, it, it. Vice
1: City is Miami. It's Miami area. It has a lot of uh, urban racing or street racing culture has they have like the the custom cars. It was a big thing on San Andreas as well with the custom cars and they show on the trailer lots of things related with cars. Street racing they there's a part where they, they seem to have low riders as well mm-hmm. and they have um, muds uh, mud trucks as well. Yeah. There, and there's a guy like on on, on top of um, or, or coming out uh, coming out of a truck that has a really strange paint and also mm-hmm. of <laughs> course this is people speculating mm-hmm. um, but the same truck has lots of stamps behind it or, or lots of, of um adhesives behind one of the, the uh, one of the um, one, uh one of the glass the, the back glass. So that means it could be probably the case that you can do your own liveries at a very basic level. Mm. You know, in the same way you could do it in um, Need for Speed uh, Underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could very likely be the case that you can like put some of this. Oh, this is my sponsor, or I bought this, like we did in, in Need for Speed Shift Underground.
0: Now, oh, yeah, that would be very cool. And the, the, I mean, the the one thing that would be interesting to see in gta 6 as if they're gonna bring any custom uh, any licenses any oem licenses to the game because at the moment you have like you have There's one ones, car that like, looks pro like Euro- carrera pro evolution soccer style where it was like merseyside yeah. red was actually liverpool and now we have like the Grotti cheetah classic which is actually the <laughs> ferrari testarossa yeah like for the, the 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 feister comet s2 cabrio which is the 911 <laughs> Like a so they have, or whatever you know, it is, they have like these like weird names. and obviously they look exactly like them. They're they're meant to be them, and they have these like pro evolution soccer style names to be like it's not really a Porsche, but it kind of is, right? Well, I don't know
1: because mm. um, there's a precedent for this. Cyberpunk mm. does have a couple of Porsches. It does have the well, I'm not going to spoil it, but it does have a couple of Porsches, and one came out. That is um, a nine eleven, uh, cabriolet. I think yep. it's added on two point one. And on the on the trailer, especially on the part there uh, they are next to the the beach or on the um, downtown at night when there's like a huge line of cars. One of them is the the Grotti Cheetah whatever Rasta, mm-hmm. fake Tessa Rasta. Yeah. Behind it, there's a blue Carrera. It's the same color, it has the same lights, it has the same details, and it has the same wing. It's like a 2022 Carrera or something like that.
0: Interesting. So,
1: I I think there might be the case, because Porsche has already been in Cyberpunk, that they could very well Mm. be unannounced in um, Grand...
0: Not Gran Turismo, Grand Theft Auto. (laughs)
1: or they were very much copied.
0: If anyone is going to do it, it would be Porsche. Porsche have been leading the way in like gaming activations for for decades. Um, I do wonder, though, with Grand Theft Auto, given the nature of the game, whether it's a case of you know the car manufacturers don't want clips on the internet of people doing drive-bys out the side of their cars or picking up sex workers in the back of a ferrari and all this like there's a lot of you know you don't want these clips to go viral. i understand like, oh, and i every, understand like you know the mercedes g-wagon is always used for like you know hit and runs or drug deals and stuff you, you know, there's kind of like there's a lot of opportunity for people to use these cars in very untoward ways that perhaps they don't want to become kind of aligned with their brand
1: yeah, I understand what you mean, but but if I guess if they can make a buck, they will make
0: a buck. Mr. Cynical. I am very cynical. <laughs> you're probably right. You're probably right. Okay. Well, Mr. Random Call Sign, thank you so much for our no problem whatsoever. new segment of uh, Sim Sundays. Um, if you're listening and you've got any feedback on this, whether this is something that you like, you want to see more of, um, let us know. Jump into the Discord Um email us or tweet x us post us whatever that is alex hello welcome to the sim sundays podcast how are you
2: doing sir hello i'm, I'm great thank you for ha- having me along i'm not on uh, many podcasts so it's, it was
0: excited to be on a podcast and uh who knows what i'll say <laughs> i'm well I, i'm excited i feel like you're you, you seem to have a reputation a big character uh people who knew that you were coming on the podcast i had a lot of people getting in touch just to say oh alex is coming on that'll be fun and i'm kind of curious to see why not that it wouldn't be funny i've looked at your content and i've watched what you do and obviously you know you're a fun guy but i'm interested to see i had a lot of people that i haven't spoken to for a little while reaching out to me to say alex is on is that a reputation you're aware of I wouldn't say so.
2: I think uh, I, I've had maybe one or two spicy takes on 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 Twitter recently, which is is maybe <laughs> why, particularly if you're asking you on Twitter, so that 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 might be why, perhaps. But um, I wouldn't, I would other than that, no, I wouldn't say I've got a massive personality or a massive kind of reputation, particularly. But yeah, if you're asking on Twitter, that might explain it.
0: Well, let me put it to you, right? Let's, you know, and I always try and avoid this. I try and like build up and, and lay a bit of a foundation of like, who is Alex Gillen for the for the listener? But since you've just said it, you've just said something really interesting there, which. I don't have a huge personality. Do you not have to have a huge personality? And bear in mind, huge personalities can take different forms. Do you not kind of have to have a huge personality, given that you share your personality with so many people so often as your job? I guess
2: when I said that, I probably meant relative to my job, being a content creator, streamer, because um, yeah, you definitely have to have some sort of you know, personality to, to to be a streamer. If you just sit there in silence, no one's going to watch you. It's you know, you you, you got to crack your joke and and have some fun and, and be able to interact nicely with, with viewers. So yeah, you got to have some first personality. But there's there's much stronger personalities than me out there. You know, in particular the, the biggest streamers outside of racing. The biggest streamers are often the people that shout the loudest. They're just the people mm. that see ah,
0: and It's just it's that's that's their reaction to everything. Which <laughs> the thumbnail, the classic <laughs> thumbnail, where it's like never do this, and they're pointing like. Ah.
2: <laughs> well, not and even the... that. Like, like the, the the streamers that you see when, like, they, they just do wild stuff, and all they do is just literally just scream. It's just like, ah ah ah. And like, yeah. they just seem to get loads, loads of you. That's not me personally, but that's you know, like a mega strong personality. And it's those sort mm. of people that will go from unknown to like one of the biggest streamers in the world within like a year. So I do think you're right. Having a really strong personality is key for streaming. I don't think that's my, uh I guess, USP. I don't think that's my my main thing. I think I think I'm quite algorithmic interesting uh, if, if, if that's a real word i think that's my main thing but but you're right you do need, you do need some level of personality to uh to be able to do my job though for
0: sure okay well you said another thing that i can't ignore algorithmic so uh obviously before these shows uh, go out we we put out a call for community questions so if you're listening and you want to ask our guest questions make sure you're following us on twitter facebook and our discord etc so we got some questions uh for alex i'm not going to go to them now we just doing the end of the show but one of them was about spreadsheets and i was like, I like there's some context to this so Tell us like what do you mean I'm I'm algorithmic? Sounds like a it sounds like a, an 80s pop band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does too fair. Uh I it's just more what I'm best at
2: with my job. So 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 my job is to be a streamer, uh and I mean essentially it always better pay my bills, get the views, right? Get get views, get more viewers. Um that that's the job. And I think some people are better to be being particularly Twitch streamers, twitch I find is very community based. Twitch is very much, if you can have a really good community, you game with other people, bigger streamers, you're raiding, all this other stuff, it works really well. Um, And then obviously the big personality thing as well. But um, I'd say that's not really me, whereas I do better on the other platforms like YouTube and Facebook that are more algorithmic, whereby that stuff isn't as important. Like you don't have to foster a community on YouTube as much, Um, although obviously it's still helpful to be in the comments Mm. and stuff, but it's, it's not as important. The most important thing is coming up in people's feeds and obviously there's an entire art to come up in people's feeds you know um but i'd say that's definitely where where i i am the best i guess um facebook and, and, and youtube in particular because they're really based on algorithms where someone like twitch isn't as algorithmic as, as i said <laughs> interesting
0: that you mentioned facebook i i mean you know everyone has their own little bubble right and i used to uh, follow a few people on uh facebook gaming um it was uh de i think who got me kind of firstly into facebook he, he he's one, he's a restreamer right so he's, he literally restreams on absolutely everything twitch youtube facebook and even yesterday when i was on twitter i saw that he was live on twitter i was like, i didn't even know you could do twitter so he's like a proper restreamer <laughs> but facebook is an interesting one it's facebook gaming seems to have dropped off Of my radar a little bit is it still working for you
2: um so so i was actually an exclusive facebook gaming streamer for about 18 months uh till april this year first of april this year i I moved primarily over to twitch um and when they signed me obviously they signed me on on an exclusive contract and um you know they were really trying to push facebook gaming obviously if they were signing exclusive contracts with creators they were really trying to push facebook gaming and make it work And, and and it worked quite well for a while because of that but i think They've now cut back a lot on their on their exclusive contracts and the people they, they try and approach. Um, and with that, seems to have followed that algorithm as well. I, I think now, um, yeah, the Facebook gaming thing has been heavily deprioritized. Where before, because they were trying to push it, they are also pushing it in the algorithm. Whereas now, they've deprioritized it. And and to me, I always struggled. E- even when it was favorable in the algorithm, I always struggled a little bit with streams on, on Facebook gaming because mm. um, the competition... Like you're competing against people like Bible that put up like one minute, super optimized videos that are designed yeah, yeah. to capture you for that entire 60 seconds um, because that's their entire business. And these huge you know, corporations, basically, that they've got teams and teams of people that are just 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 making these videos. And, you know, like you see like the little um, line that goes on the outside of a video, like for, for the mm. time and stuff. Like yeah, those yeah. little things that are just all designed just to hook you in for as long as possible meanwhile i'm just doing a two-hour stream playing the f1 game so like <laughs> yeah th- there's loading screens and sometimes the game crashes and sometimes mm. i'm cruising around at the back you know what i mean like not all of streaming is massively engaging but that- that's the art of stream right that's what people enjoy it's a bit more real it's a bit more raw you can have a chat with with, with chat a bit more um but so i always kind of struggle with that a little bit like why would somebody watch a loading screen versus a one minute super optimized lad bible or, or yeah. whatever video um but it, it went okay when when it was, you know, they were trying to push it in their algorithm. But yeah, as I said, I think they've kind of deprioritized that now. And I think, I don't really know where they're going with it. You, you can still stream on Facebook. There is still lots of Facebook streamers. I, I haven't. Um, I should probably give it another go just because you can obviously multi-stream now. i have allowed that uh, recently. Um, so uh, yeah, but I mean, primarily what I do with Facebook now is I upload a, a daily three to five minute video based on my streams. So again, I, I, I cater to, to the Facebook algorithm. I go, well, okay, what works for so Facebook? I don't think streams do. I don't think the sort of longer YouTube highlights that I make do, 20, 30 minute videos. Um, so I, I've sort of landed on this three to five minute format, which is actually largely uncut, which is really interesting. It's, mm. if, if you do any cuts, it seems Facebook viewers drop off. They, they Facebook viewers seem to really like the really long clips where it's just like three laps nonstop. Um, you, 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 I mean, you guys have probably seen things like, you know, like where it, you see an American video where someone's like getting arrested and, and it's just like six minutes of just them just like talking back and forth to the police, like uncut. Like that's yeah. What only really yeah, exists yeah. on Facebook. yeah absolutely On Twitter, those. Instagram, exactly. But it's only really on Facebook. It's it's it's, it's the, interesting.
0: So this where the, the Christopher Nolan's of of uh, uh, streamers and creators live. You know, like the so Christopher, you know, the nineteen seventeen, where it was like all one. Oh, yeah. It was cut for like an oh, hour. Oh yeah. But, Great like, film. Facebook style
2: yeah yeah literally literally so yeah I can't remember the original question to be honest what no
0: that, me neither and that's fine there, that, but... <laughs> that's, that's 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 totally fine so I want I want to go back to the beginning as I always do um, on this show I want to find out and I won't overplay this because I overplay on every single episode as if people haven't heard me say this rant before but how the hell do you get to this position where you're sim racing all day every day as you're living like take us back to the first touch point that's oh, a touch point sorry with sim racing like, when was your first experience of sim racing uh,
2: yeah i mean i guess you, you said a key word there sim race how do we define sim racing if you're okay, just talking r- about yeah, playing a yeah, racing game yeah okay.
0: like, to, was it sim racing no it wasn't so I, I, <laughs> racing in general yeah so um I've always been
2: into racing games um I got bought I can, I can never remember if it I think it was Gran Turismo 3 I think okay. PS2 was my sort of first racing game um and just sort of loved it and 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 really you know enjoyed playing that game a lot and then it kind of spread from there really I was always PlayStation and um then played a lot of F1 2006 or championship edition on on the PS3 played a lot of that because that was the only F1 game for a few years. Then, of course, Codemasters, EA, got the F1 license. And um, that, that's kind of when I was really hooked into into the F1 game in particular. Um, um, yeah, I, I also got a wheel for the for the original Gran Turismo game. So I've been on, been on a wheel for 15 years now. It's <laughs> quite a um, long time. That, what
0: was that wheel? Can you remember? It was
2: a Logitech Driving Force GTA. I absolutely can remember, because okay. I had it for about eight years. I think I actually <laughs> had about two or three different versions of it, because nice. various things died, power supply died, that sort of thing.
0: You mo- um, Did you mod it?
2: I don't think I did. I think I was just like, okay. the, the the raw pedals, like with no yeah, force yeah, the yeah. brake and stuff, It's just what I was used to. Started
0: on on the sofa with it on your knees, right?
2: I think I I think I had a, a bed. You with like a it's like a frame bed. and I had like a foot to to, to the bottom of the bed in my bedroom. Oh, when I my smart! House. So I think I had it attached to like the the foot of my bed. And then the the gaps in the in the frame were just wide enough for me to slot my legs through. So I so, so I set the wheel up and slot my legs through it and, and have this. So it was I guess that was my
0: first rig, like I suppose. Pre- prehistoric rigs. Yeah. So <laughs> historians in a thousand years time will look back to this and be like the first evidence <laughs> of human using simrig. Yeah,
2: yeah. So no, no, that was kind of how I started out, just playing it myself. But in terms of kind of getting into it as a job, I mean it's there's definitely some luck in there um and, and really it's, it's just a grind like you you start out and no one watches you start out and mm. you know you're, you're spending a lot of effort on videos and streams and no one just no one's watching you know really a couple of people and you you start to get oh, what's the point like well how can i ever do this sort of thing and I, I think i was fortunate to initially start my channel at a time where youtube was still um it wasn't as saturated as it is, as it is now it, i mean it was still obviously a very big platform it was back in 2012 when i first started my youtube channel um which was the first thing i did and and for me the reason i started it was because uh i i basically saw i, I was looking for footage of, of the latest f1 game um and i was basically seeing a load of journalists play it who just weren't very good and i got really frustrated <laughs> like like you don't have to be like you know what would now be esports level at the game esports didn't mm. existed back then but um you don't have to be like esports level but just like be able to drive a racing line don't like just get off bad. track every corner yeah do <laughs> smash into the ai and i'm just I'm, i can't see what this game's like because you're so bad at the game and it was just really frustrating so i was like i wasn't trying to be a journalist there wasn't any long-term goal it was like well look if it doesn't exist why don't i make it and i did And i just mm. started making it and just started uploading content and for me the initial what i what i thought felt like was my initial selling point was just quality i was like right you know not everything was even hd back in then you know there's still channels around these days that are called you know then the username hd because that was yeah, yeah, obviously the yeah, thing yeah. back in the back in the day so i don't think it's hd so i was like right everything's got to be 1080 everything's got to be 1080 and most things weren't um i don't think I think most things weren't even 720 back then but i was like it's, it's got to be that that's the key mm-hmm. quality will make me stand out um and it did you know it went really well within a year i got to 10,000 subs which i was absolutely buzzing incredible with, you know. Bearing in mind, like I said, I didn't start this venture with going, I want to get subscribers. I want to get to a certain mm. goal. I was just like, let's just start uploading. And one thing led to another and yeah, 10K subs. And I guess the, the ball just kept rolling from there, I suppose. Well, I did have a, a number of years off in the middle where I sort of didn't mm. want to play the game anymore. But yeah, I think having that base, having that viewer base and pe- pe- people know me from, from back in the day, I suppose, that definitely helped me uh, get to where I am now much faster. Whereas if I start from scratch, uh, what was it, three years ago, just three and a half years ago where I first sort of called this my main thing. If I start from scratch there, it would have been a much slower grind. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. You used a word there which I don't think I've ever heard a streamer use when describing perhaps the initial vision or, or inspiration behind going down this path. You said um, journalists, journalistic. W- was that something that was... Was kind of you were conscious of when you started that there's there's almost a role here for sim racing or on or perhaps specifically F1 game journalism as a profession. It just feels like a different way of framing it that I've not heard before.
2: I I wouldn't say I ever wanted to be a journalist or go down a journalism route, but I think journalism even now is is often on my on my mind because um, I think modern modern journalism isn't traditional traditional journalism is is almost investigative and and mm. getting the story modern journalism is clickbait really isn't it it's just it's my job it's, it's how to get as many clicks as you can so um ju- journalism is still something I'm, I'm wary of today in trying to genuinely add value to what i'm doing if i'm trying to present some news or some information or if i'm doing some tests i'm always wary to make sure they're fair tests and they're and it's and it's being almost a bit journalistic um and and also even wary of like m- my role within the community i guess whereby sometimes i might hear certain rumors and then it's like a real hard balance of like well a journalist would publish these but i've got a relationship with ea and although they mm. would want to publish it there's a real conflict there and i've sort of gone off on a tangent a little bit that wasn't quite your original question but th- th- I, I, I wear of journalism these days back in the day when i started my channel i wasn't other than as i said watching journalists play the game because of course it was only ever you know writers that got invited to, to these sort of things content creation was wasn't you know even thought about back then it was all traditional media so um but, but back then no i i didn't i didn't want to be a journalist i, I have kind of toyed with it you know I, I was a big fan of gt planet back in the back yeah. in the day that was a huge yeah, yeah. for me obviously being into gran Turismo, and i, and I really loved their site and it was because it was dedicated to gran Turismo. this is great um I, I i did i think i did actually briefly set up an f1 version of gt planet almost like an f1 news site just hmm. on the f1 game based on gt planet going this is great it's just on one game that doesn't exist for the f1 game why not make it and because I, I did used to do to, to web development stuff so I, I, I built that myself and then um just sort of yeah obviously it's a lot of it's a lot of work to <laughs> to, be, to, to host your website and, and, and be a journalist yeah. and you know never end up getting too far with it but uh Yeah, never really wanted to be a journalist, but I guess have dabbled would be the short answer to your question.
0: Okay, interesting. Now, I want to kind of get into present day Alex Gillen and all the opportunities you're getting. And I feel like there's some stories in here to uncover because you scroll through some of the stuff that you put out on, I don't know, YouTube or Twitter or Instagram. And there's pictures of you with Lewis Hamilton, your shoeys. There's a a thumbnail of you just, I think, just trimming your beard. You're wearing (laughs) red with uh, (laughs) TFR for some for some reason, like that, it feels like, uh, you know, again, you say you haven't got a big character, you look through all the stuff that you put out, and it's there is an element of zaniness to it, but the opposite of zany web development. Let's talk about that first, right? <laughs> so, wow, what, what what a segue that is from zaniest. Anyway, web development, let's
2: talk about that. Just, all the cleverly, viewers turned off,
0: just know. cleverly mapped, cleverly mapped that segue. <laughs> um, so, um, when did Maldonado crash and when is F1 on next? Two side... And I don't know, you, you can give us the proper URLs there, right? But you've, you've got two two side projects that, that you ran. One about Maldonado crashing and one about one when F1 is on next. Why? <laughs> I guess... I, I mean, the answer is I don't know.
2: I, I mean, I, I don't know why. Um, I mean, everything really is inspired, right? N- nothing is truly is truly new and unique you know everyone takes inspiration for various things and and i remember seeing the website for the initial one for, for has crashed um it was has the royal baby been born yet.com i think was mm. what and i sort of thought that's interesting um and maldonado was crashing not so i thought that'd be funny <laughs> and i was i was i was i was working in a theater box office at the time um and nature of that work is if there's no customers in front of you there's nothing to do so in front of a computer so i thought well i'll well, I'll, I'll use my time here and build that. So I, I, I just did, and it was funny, and it, and it went crazy. It was absolutely <laughs> mental. Like I, I've, I've got a magazine somewhere where they printed, like you know, the, about the website, and I, that, that was, that was mental for me to actually be in print. Um, and you know, it's mentioned by the BBC, and it was mentioned live on, on, on Sky Sports during a practice session. It just went absolutely nuts, and. I built it to be light on purpose. Not ever imagined it would go crazy, but I just sort of mm. thought there's no point if it does do all right, there's no point in using up a load of data on pointless. So, I, so I, I purposely built it to be really light um and just be a single file website. But even it still, even then, still pretty much went down at the peak times. <laughs> um because it just went crazy. But yeah, in, in terms of why, yeah, to, uh, why do i do why why are we doing this? Why why do we do anything? It's for fun, for fun, interesting we're, we're here for fun, right? So uh yeah, when's the, board of on the kind of where does everyone become kind of led from that? You know, I had a couple of other sites as well that has has McLaren Honda one yet, which then got split out. to has McLaren one yet and has Honda one yet. <laughs> um, obviously, you know those websites have since been taken down because the answer became yes, and then it, it's the joke's old, it's touring But um, I, I guess one thing led to another, really, on 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 those sort of things. But
0: yeah why is it an interesting one why not i guess would be my response to that <laughs> i love that i feel like that's the the answer that every true creator will give if you ask somebody like, why did you do this the answer is always why not <laughs> yeah yeah no, i love that and that seems to be that the, why not maybe is a theme here because actually there's a lot of when i watch some of your your videos and some of the creative ways that you approach subjects or some of the stuff that you do in your your streams i, I, I mean you probably would never want some kind of like psychiatrist to go through and analyze <laughs> like what the meaning is behind that. There's just a bit there's just a real element of of why not. And I guess my question to you is was that the main logic behind the shall I give YouTube a go full time? What? The websites? No, 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 or... no. The, the the element of why not, the concept of just Oh sorry. Why not?
2: yeah initially it certainly was like when i first started my channel that what like i said it was it was a sort of sort of gap in the market but it wasn't you know that always puts it into business terms it wasn't like that Mm. it was was, at the time it was like well why not no one else is doing it so maybe i should do it so i guess it it all started with a why not i suppose yeah um and then more recently when, when i sort of made it my main thing it was it that was more uh that was less of a why not that was more of a this could become my job you know i i was seeing people like tim at marduk who you know back in the day i had more subscribers than him um you know we were sort of we were sort of level pegging when i when i stopped uploading and then obviously since then he's he's mm. flown high yeah got mclaren clearly he's doing all right from it so I know, i've been I'll, in it have you oh amazing yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah great car but um yeah so i was i was like obviously people can make a lot of money from from it not even just him there's obviously lots of content creators that make a lot of money so I was like, well, it clearly can be a job. I've got a base. I got nineteen thousand subscribers when I, when I sort of started it as as, as what I call my main thing. Mm. It wasn't certainly wasn't my main source of income at first. Um, but I was quite fortunate. My, my my previous role as a web developer um, was sort of scaling down. My hours were sort of reducing there, so I was able to sort of scale up YouTube at the same time, which was yeah. you know just the perfect storm of conditions for me personally to be able to do that. Whereby, you know, I did the web development to pay the bills and I was doing mm. YouTubers like, this is what I want to do. This is this is the thing that I'm interested in right now. Um, and yeah, fortunate that that kind of scaled up in time with, with my previous job scaling down. So very, very fortunate uh in, in terms of that. But the decision there w- was a lot more, you know, let's give this a go, more than like, why not? It was like this, this, this could be my job. This could be a fun thing to do. You know, I enjoy the F1 game again now, and this you know. It could go well, and you know, unfortunately, I, it's still a full time job. I've, I've never looked back yet. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if things go wrong. You mm. know, maybe this will be the the, the peak of Alex Ginter right here, and maybe in a year <laughs> or two time, I'll be.
0: We got I'll you I'll the, back at the box office, the height. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting because there's kind of like four types of uh persona that become uh like streamers youtubers in terms of the stages of life that they're at because you have people who do it at school when they've got loads of time or university right when you have loads of spare time that you can do all this stuff and you just do your, your uh your work in between um then you have uh freelancers now there's a lot of freelancers especially creative freelancers or developers who seem to get into sim racing again as you say because you have that freedom to to kind of Cross the the axes a little bit, where you you are doing all all your work and a little bit of YouTube, and then eventually you can you can you can tip the scales to to all in on on YouTube. Um, then you have a very small number. So I'm thinking back to all of the guests that we've had on the podcast. There's very few people who transition from full-time job to YouTube and full-time corporate job. I mean, as opposed to like a freelance self-employed role. Uh, the only one that I can think of. That springs to mind would be uh, Rory Alexander, Here he is. Um, You know, he had a very corporate job and had to grind in the evenings and weekends, and then eventually had to take a, a, a huge gamble. He was a director at a company. He had to take a gamble to be like, okay, well, I'm no longer. I'm going to put that life and that ladder and that pension and that mortgage stability aside to go and do what I love, which is obviously hugely admirable. And then the the, the smallest camp, I guess, is like the the retirees, like you, you know, like Dave Camp sorry but you know retired retired (laughs) policeman right he's got the freedom all the freedom in the world to to follow this it's interesting called a retiree yeah i know as i said said that i I don't know if he's if he'd appreciate that if if he's hearing it but he is a retired person you know know comment on it on it on his age he's a youthful youthful energetic guy Uh, i'll stop digging now Um, (laughs) so yeah it, it is interesting to see the the overlap between The number of people who are uh, freelancers who kind of transition into streaming and YouTube, and the the good news about that trend is that as soon as you become a YouTuber, you are a freelancer. You know, you are self employed. How have you found that? Because I guess if you were a developer in the past, you had some experience of it. But how much of your, you know, mental energy does it take to kind of keep the accounts? running and your expenses and 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 running the business that is you
2: i mean i've been i've been self-employed for a while i I was employed as well for a while but like i've always had some side business i guess i mean Mm. even when it was like the hasbarnado crash today.com like it's it's not a lot and and i probably didn't need to, to to declare that level of income but like i've always done little bits here and there little bits of it support or web development on the side there's always been you know, even when I was employed, there's probably always a couple of thousand pound a year that I was having to declare self employed. So, um, my mum's also a bookkeeper, which definitely mm, helps a lot with the with the, book, with the book side of it. So, th- there's always been an element of, of self employed, and and my mum's pretty much always been self employed. So, so it, that world was always very. Um, I guess known to me it was always a comfortable world to be in terms of self-employment so Mm. yeah I mean I I I probably invest more uh mental energy in that than than I need to and it's not from a stress point of view it's from the as you mentioned the 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 spreadsheet point of view I I quite enjoy having all Mm. my all all, all my my ducks in order is that what I'm saying something like that ducks in a row yeah Yeah, yeah, ducks in a row that's close enough (laughs) um so where like you know for example I've 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 built a big spreadsheet that's 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 my sort of book you know bookkeeping spreadsheet effectively so i always know how much tax i owe uh, at any given time so i can make sure i've got that money set aside um then i also know how much money is mine to actually spend on things that i want to do so like you know all that that's a lot of effort you know i've spent many mm. many hours <laughs> with my head in this spreadsheet um but you know most people just don't do that most people just go get an accountant hand it off right so like and a panic at the, at the end of the year yeah yeah <laughs> or you know other people might just stress about it and it's mm. a big unknown so so i do invest a lot of mental energy but it's not from a stressful point of view it's from a it's from a organizational point of view i guess so so, so i mm. guess really I, I i probably i probably enjoy the the sort of self-employed running my business side of things you know and and as obviously i will talk primarily about finances and, and, and bookkeeping there but there's obviously lots of other little bits as well but you know planning and stuff but I, I i i don't know i quite enjoy the admin side i guess as, mm. as well which is is although most of our job isn't admin it's still a helpful thing to enjoy because if you end up you know not not enjoying that side of it you put you put it off and then you end up you know getting behind on things and getting in trouble so mm. yeah it's 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 part of the job it's part of being any any business and it's it's fine
0: and that mindset that understanding probably helps hugely when it comes to kind of milking the youtube algorithm so what to, to you know Talk us through your kind of your your process and and, and your your methods. How do you uh, track? uh, How do you personally track the success uh, or otherwise of your your videos and go about a series of kind of like A B testing and adjusting and experimenting with stuff? Like, tell us about your system for exploring and exploiting the algorithm. Oh, I hope you can afford it. (laughs) No, no.
2: Um, To to be honest, I I don't do it enough uh, post live um tweaking so Hmm. like i do do a bit I, i tweak titles tweak thumbnails a little bit but i don't do a massive amount of kind of like a b testing and stuff i i'm much more analytical in terms of what's gone in the past figuring out how the algorithms work what they like what they don't like um and then using that for future ideas and content um i think that's primarily what I do. I don't really have. I mean, I do have a spreadsheet. Of course, I do. I do have a spreadsheet <laughs> for um thumbnails and titles and stuff. But it, it's it's pretty basic, certainly compared to some of the the, the big creators. Certainly, the, you know the, the 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 ones that are businesses. Effectively, they've you know, got employees and stuff. Mm. um So it's a little bit basic what I do. But mine is more just on feel. You know, just on. I know this algorithm likes this, and this algorithm likes this, and and this this idea would do incredible on 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 in this algorithm, or on this platform, or with this audience. And it's it. I guess it's more feel, but it's more feel based on analytics. It it is based on research and experience. Um, But beyond that, it's not too structured of A-B testing and that kind of thing. Although YouTube has recently added an A-B test feature, which I've not got access to yet, which I would absolutely love to use, because that sounds great. But uh, yeah, not too analytical. Well, in some ways, very analytical. In other ways, (laughs) not very analytical, I guess would be my answer to that
0: question. It's interesting, because there's a real juxtaposition with YouTube and content creation of the, the creativity, the lateral thinking required to create entertainment and entertaining content versus the total black and white analytics. Because it, it's interesting that you talk about YouTube, and I, I, maybe I'm diving into this point too much here, but that you talk about YouTube and the analytics and the, the A-B testing and experimenting and going back and analysing, et cetera. But you also described the algorithm about 10 minutes ago as an art, as opposed to a science.
2: Yeah, and it yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I, I do often describe it as an art because it, it, it's not easy. Even people that feel like they understand the algorithm will still moan occasionally on Twitter, saying that <laughs> it hates them and and it's you know oh it's not going to sub boxes and whatever it's less of a thing these days. But yeah, it, it is it is an art because you know I, I weirdly despite my job I wouldn't say I'm a very creative person. I, I never have been, um, but it's particularly blank canvas creativity that I'm very bad at. Um, so it, it, if if there's no base idea, if there's no base thumbnail, whatever it is, I'm just like I don't know what to do. However, I, I I could tweak things, I I could evolve things very well, which is, is something that I've done quite a lot in the past. So, I think that's primarily what I do. And that's why mm. I'm more based on what's gone in the past. Let's figure out what worked. Why did that work? Why didn't that work? You know, I thought that video was going to do really well, but it didn't do very well. I, that video was a was a was a video I threw together, and that got you know, hundred k views plus. So it's like, what? How does this all this work? And 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 mm. it's that retrospective, I guess. And for me, because I'm not that analytical with future content it feels more like an art and it's just like well this works so it's up to me to put the million billion variables together Mm. to come up with the right idea with the right people and the right uh products the right you know thumbnail title at the right time in order to allow that algorithm to pick this video up because because you know it's always weird i'm always very open with my with my with my viewers and stuff but it's no one really wants to hear about this. People just want to hear about, oh, it's, you know, I, I have great fun. We went off and did this awesome thing. I got invited along to this awesome place. Blah, blah, blah. You just want to hear about the cool stuff people do. Mm. But actually, for me, a, a big part of the job is this stuff. It is it is the analytics. It is figuring stuff out. And it's almost like a bit of a taboo subject sometimes, particularly if you're talking about earnings of like optimization of going well. But, you know, uh, this platform earns me double. This platform does. So maybe I should prioritize this one. And, you know, there's always an element of that because I've got to pay my bills at the end of the day. But then to a lesser taboo extent, with views as well is that people just go well just just make a cool video just just make what you want to mm. make you know what i mean and and there is an element of that and it's a really hard balance to strike between doing what i want to enjoy what i find fun and what's going to get picked up because at the end of the day if i if i just channel videos that get 2k views like, this won't be my job for very much longer that there has to be an element of prioritizing views um mm. but you just then got to mix in what you want to do as well it's a uh, it's an art. It is an art. The whole thing is an art.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting as well because you definitely have a, a variety of, of content and your online persona. I think more so than a lot strays into uh, motorsport and engineering. I noticed you did a video with uh, Break, for example, talking about um, engineering. And I noticed that on Twitter or X, you're very uh, you, you have a lot of hot takes with F1. Right? You like to you like to dive into F1. What's going on? Um, yeah, you know, maybe let's say the analytics that I've that I've seen, but it's it there's a it's a really interesting link between people that like motorsport and people that like content creation because there's there's motorsport there's so much data behind it to to watch right you you, you watch the cars going around around the track but essentially most of the time real motorsport fans are going through a process of converting. Data into storylines with the help of the the commentators. Like some people listen to commentators, and they won't just take it on face value. They're also looking at the deltas and the pit pit stop strategies and the tire strategies and fueling, etc. For all the other cars. And so, when you're looking at it, you're kind of interpreting it in your own way, as well as critiquing perhaps what the commentator's saying, as well as watching what's going on on the track. It's interesting how the skill set and the mindset required there. Lends itself perfectly to the the life of a YouTuber.
2: Yeah, I, I I never made those connections before, but I think I think you're absolutely right. It's it's interesting there that you mentioned about storylines based on data and things like that because um, one of my mods often takes a mick out of me for 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 constantly going about storylines. You know, like mm. I'll I, I say, oh, imagine if they made this change in F one, the story would be amazing, or I imagine if this happened, the story of that would have been amazing. And he's like, you always go on about storylines, but if, but it's it's true, you know. The storylines is everything, and, that, and that's also a huge part of content creation as well is is those storylines um but yeah you're right you you use data to to figure out storylines and, and and that's motorsport as well as content creation there is a massive crossover. i never, never really never really put two and two together but i guess that's why there's there's although sim racing is is relatively niche in the grand scheme of gaming but it's it's still quite a quite a popular one and i guess i guess that makes sense why now yeah good point yeah
0: and it's and it's and it's certainly growing and and the storyline things came to mind because because i'm an absolute Nerd, and I'm one of those guys that writes LinkedIn articles. Um, and I wrote one uh, at the weekend, which I actually put out today, which was exactly about the job of a commentator: is to essentially convert numbers to storylines for those who are casual viewers. Because somebody like yourself is probably doing that for themselves whilst they're watching. And some people, you go on Twitter, they'll have like a multi-screen setup where they've got the main feed, they've got the different drivers, they've got the sector times, so, they you know they've got everything, and they're they're not interested. The commentator can say, well, they like this guy, is making their own storylines, right? They're going through it and they're working out the ones that they want to follow. But essentially, the commentator's job is to tell the storylines, and also be. Uh, and also kind of be conscious of the fact that the viewers are watching a particular battle on the screen. And so you can only ever tell the storylines to the cars that are on the screen at the same time. So you need to know where they are in the grand scheme of the storylines based on the data, which you're constantly having to keep updated. Like it's nuts. If you think of it as a skill, it's absolutely nuts. But it's kind of, um, it's one of the things that I think sim racing really has going for it is this multifaceted um, array of passions that you can pursue all within one thing sim racing right and i go on about this all the time right you could be a passionate graphic designer there is a role for you in sim racing you could be a livery designer you could be a a passionate programmer right you can be a modder right? you could be a a passionate data analyst and you can make telemetry to telemetry overlays or you could be a a commentator and so on and so on so there's so many different different ways into it and what i find interesting on your channel is that you try to focus on more than one of these angles despite one of the things that I've always heard YouTubers saying, which is YouTube likes consistency. You have to be targeting the same audience over and over again. But then perhaps that's where your argument comes back into, into play, which is, well, it's an art, not a science.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, my, my main channel, you know, my, my, I used to have one channel, right? There used to also be gameplay and everything else. And I, I, I created a separate gameplay channel uh, about 18 months ago or so. Um, and what, one of the reasons for that was what you just said. YouTube obviously does like consistency, and 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 part of it was that I wanted to make these separate videos that weren't just me playing a game. I mean, the gameplay channel mm. is primarily just me playing a game, right? Which is you know one of my passions. It's what I enjoy. It's what I stream. It, 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 it's it's my primary job, which is great. But then there's us, other videos I want to make, which are a lot more, I guess, curated, sometimes scripted, mm. sometimes much more planned. There aren't. There isn't just me playing a game. It but. That would get lost amongst the gameplay audience because as you said youtube very much values consistency um so i I purposely separated the channels with that in mind but my main channel at the moment still hasn't really got an identity i'm still sort of figuring out almost at the moment is going a bit more towards tech reviews which could be something that that i do it would be something i'd enjoy um but i wouldn't want to do no racing stuff on there so then it's whether it's i mean i mean i'm constantly reinventing myself Mm. I don't mean that in terms of personality. I mean that in terms of priorities. I'm constantly changing what's my priority this week. Sometimes it'll be, I want to figure out TikTok. Sometimes it'll be, I just want to stream load. Sometimes it'll be, I want to construct the main channel. Sometimes it'll be, you know, whatever else, million, million different things. Um, And and it just changes all the time. And, and, And a few months ago, I sort of moved from chasing revenue. And I realized that sounds weird coming from a... What someone that everyone always assumes, you know, full-time content everyone always assumes you earn hundreds of thousands, right? <laughs> not not, not the case. Certainly not my case, anyway. So, like, the, the, when, when I left Facebook Gaming, there was a point where, like, okay, there's no there's no contract anymore. I have to do this on my own. I have to get enough views and enough subs and whatever else it is to, to pay the bills. So, it's like, for a few months, I have to concentrate on revenue. I have to be, like, just almost, like, mm. battle stations, panic stations. <laughs> like, I, I've, got, I've yeah. got to pay my bills. If, if I want this to be my job, I have to pay the bills. So, like, the revenue, the money was the priority for a little while. Um, you know, not completely, obviously. I still want to show my job, still want to make great content, mm. you know. But still, that that was that was a big part of it. And then a few months ago, I sort of went, right, okay, well, that's gone well so far. I have been able to pay my bills. I've been doing okay. Um, so why don't I reprioritize a little bit and and, and just go for, just, just figure out what my passions are and chase those instead. Because, you know, the two things are very much aligned. You know, I'm not doing things I dislike, you know, very much racing. Gaming, you know, my passions, tech as well. So it's like, that's already working for me. Just It's just pr- about prioritization rather than going, okay, YouTube, what's going to get the views? And that's the thing. It's now like, what what, what would be really interesting piece of content both for me to make and viewers to watch? It may not get you know 100,000 views, a million views. It might, because pretty much everything I do on YouTube, gameplay channel is a little bit different, but the main channel is like, it might go really well but then mm. sometimes it might not, but it's something I'd really enjoy. A really good example is my most recent video on the main channel, which was um, comparing Samsung's um, Apple AirTag alternative to, to the Apple AirTag. Um, and and that, that was a piece of content I wanted to make for a little while. And it's 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 not racing in any way, but it's mm. it's tech. It's my passion. I really enjoy making that video. I find it a really interesting test. Some other people also find it a really interesting test. Um, but yeah, it's one of our passions. You know, tech, gaming, and racing are, are probably my three key passions. So it's like, in an ideal world my main channel would be based on those three passions but it's not consistent enough for youtube if i upload a tech review and then i upload a uh, you know a a game analysis and then upload a piece of uh racing a racing opinion or something like Mm. no that's there is a there is an element of crossover for those audiences for sure but they're not the same audience at all i'd be much better off making almost three separate channels which i'm not going to do but that would (laughs) almost be better off doing that so it's, it's 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 yeah, it's interesting that you say that. I'm, I'm sort of not afraid to branch out a little bit, and that's
0: well. I mean, the, 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 there there is an element of consistency. Like you're doing it with GB, right? So it's as soon as I saw that video, I was like, "Oh, it's sim racing," because it's these two guys that I know from Content Creator Series. But it's not. It's Apple is chasing and chasing. <laughs> but what? Like yeah, it, yeah, But it, it, you know, it's it's, it's on uh, twelve thousand views now. Like most of your videos seem to get between 50,000 views uh, on average, from from what I've seen. Um, so yeah, it does, it does seem like the, um, it's kind of like twofold, right? So the, the YouTube algorithm seems to be like, hmm, not consistent, not racing. Okay, so it's maybe a little down on the others, but it's not nothing. You know, it's not 2,000 views, it's 12,000, which I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm making assumptions here as a total non-YouTube creator, is probably to do with your core audience. The fact that you have a core group of people now who watch you for you, the the content itself is secondary.
2: Yeah, and and that's something that I have had to adapt to because particularly when I first started, although I had those nineteen thousand initial subscribers, most of those were like dormant accounts, right, or people that weren't interested anymore, whatever. So like, mm. although I had a base to start from and a few people knew about me, it was like actually that it was a much smaller audience than that. Um, so and 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 you know, the longer you go and the, the the bigger you get, the more success you have. Yes, you have a bigger and bigger base, which is something that that has been quite strange for me, particularly with the gameplay channel. It's like there's a base almost no matter what i play i'll get like you know two thousand views it's not amazing but like that's the sort of almost like minimum now which like you know even even a year ago certainly two three years ago like there's no way like if i do a bad video it's getting 500 views or less like it's interesting how that how that base comes up and and mm. you never want to be at the base because if you're at the yeah, base well yeah. you're probably not making good enough content but like it, it is interesting there's that base but but actually the um the, the air tag video was actually slightly different because it, it, it it's grown more since i think actually it's YouTube is because f- because youtube is you know as i said it's a whole lot there's a there's a whole thing we could we could make a, a two-hour discussion on youtube algorithm but it is just showed it to to who my channel was normally shown to racing people right gaming people racing people mm. and mostly didn't really resonate with them there's obviously a level of base as you said but like it got like i don't know like two three k views and i was like oh hopefully get a bit more than that but whatever you know i'll try to optimize it tweak title to tweak thumbnail but like it is what it is um yeah you level you learn you move on maybe i'll move away from tech review maybe i go all about tech review whatever but then since then it's actually it, it, it's grown i mean it's, i don't think it's about to blow up um i mean I, I'll, I'll give you some some actual sort of rough numbers the the, the click-through rate which is normally one that, that i aim for the most so this is literally a percentage of people that youtube shows it to they click it right um initially it was like six percent which is is not great for a, for a channel on my side the big channels sometimes that's okay but for me that's not great so i was like yeah, okay a bit of a flop because my existing view base wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't click it once youtube stopped showing it to my existing view base and started Experimenting, figuring out, and then obviously probably eventually realize, oh, this is a techie video, I'm gonna start showing it to more tech review type people. Um, the click-free went click-through weight went up to about 10%. So I made no changes, but the click-through mm. rate, you know, almost doubled. That's interesting. That's just YouTube yeah. figuring out the audience. So, you know, if I now continue to upload tech reviews, YouTube would learn, oh, that's his audience. But right now, for my main channel, YouTube's confused. It's going. Right, what? Yeah, I yeah. Show this to? what is he? Because as the you said... sentient being of YouTube <laughs> is furious yeah. at you right now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, unless you're huge, unless you're like you know like KSI level, where like mm. your base is like millions, you know, it to, to have proper success on YouTube. Yeah, you, you you need to be super consistent. And and I am not consistent on the main channel because I'm basing more on passions right now. But I, I will become more consistent because you know I most of my videos I have an editor these days, and and he is largely reliant on on me to to pay his bills so i i don't want to you know certainly i want to have to, to 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 work use him less um mm. and so there, there's a there's a kind of a cost there with each video that i make so you know there's only so much loss that i can sustain with each video obviously so um i i've got i've got, I've got to find a way that there's a compromise there as always between views and and passion and, and what i want to make i guess but yeah i'll figure it out eventually but it's it is in a state of flux at well, moment in particular
0: this is the thing and, and maybe count to counter uh what you've just said there like W- that maybe you'll never figure it out and maybe that's the point like there's a real great uh phrase in the startup world which is startups are just learning machines everything is a test right everything is a test and so you're you're constantly iterating based on market shifts based on your a- analysis of you know how a user is, is it, in our world right in our world we can see how everyone is using the site we can see the heat maps on which part of the sites are working where the call to actions do work where they don't work what startup button works what doesn't work we have different layouts of the of the pages that we can that we can test and adjust I can literally sit and watch sometimes I'm, when I'm having lunch I'll do this I'll find somebody who's creating a, a, a championship on Gridfinder and I'll click and I'll just watch them click through it and if they get stuck anywhere or if there's an, like a bug heaven forbid then you know I can see it and I, and I can see how people are interacting with it right so mm-hmm. we are always always iterating and we're always challenging our assumptions and maybe that's that will always be the same as a content creator because I guess if there's one thing about creativity that will kill creativity it's becoming stale you can't if if you're looking for the right formula that you then think you can just replicate it's like great here's my format I'll just put this out for the next 10 years and then return like it's probably not going to happen because there's a human element to all this which is the total unknown which is people's tastes change so regardless of your content your product regardless of your uh use of the algorithm in terms of thumbnail and titles and then regardless of your post live tweaks and youtube's post live experimenting there is a whole unknown in all of this which is the human beings that are actually interacting with it and trends change all the time like daily pretty much now thanks tiktok Uh, so you can never like keep up and so perhaps the only true consistency is remaining truly creative
2: yeah, and, and it, it's it's interesting. It's a word we haven't really mentioned today, uh, but by a brief mentioned earlier in, in a different context is is psychology. And mm. psychology has actually always interested me. Um, you know, I've never done anything about that. I've never had any trading or anything like that. But psych- psychology interests me. I, I like seeing how people, not how people react. I'm not, I'm not testing people, but like I, I just find it interesting. Um, you know, a, a lot of time little bit ruined these days with twitter premium but a lot of time I used to spend on twitter was scrolling through replies to see how people react kind of thing and that, that's something that interests me and that is a is a huge thing for content creation because as you say it's you know you talk about algorithms but obviously ultimately it's people that watch your videos mm-hmm. um you know and i think that's what some people particularly people that know about the algorithm forget is it's not youtube's not giving you free views it's not it's not if you if youtube isn't the thing that's giving you the views it's not impressive it's not impressed with your video itself and it goes okay have 50k views it's not how it works the humans have got to be interested in it and it's it's an element that, as I said, sometimes sort of gets forgotten. And and you are right. Like, there, there is no golden answer. I think um, everything changes. Everything evolves. People get bored. Um, trends evolve. You know, that's absolutely the case. But I think for for the main channel, I more meant, like, just category, right? Rather than just the same thing over and over again. Yeah. It's category. Like I said, it's tech review, gaming, uh, or, or, or or sort of real-life motorsport. You know, that's the three things that, that for me, that I, I see that I could go into. And it's about finding whether there's a balance between them. I mean, what a lot of people tend to do is go i'm an f1 channel
0: but i mm. want to make this
2: cool video on this cool new product well okay let's make it by racing and that's what a lot of people do and it and it, it works to, to a to a to a large extent but sometimes it can hold back the content you're trying to make because you, you've got to cater to your audience and actually maybe maybe if that's something you want to do more consistently like be a tech reviewer you then maybe off better make it another channel you know a lot of people didn't like that i made a separate gameplay channel when i did and you know a lot of people have got a lot of different channels and there's a very good reason for that it's just the way youtube works it's hmm. it's it's better for everything i mean you know Marquez brownlee is is probably the top of the tech review tree and and he makes pretty similar content i mean it's it, you know it's all the same category right it's all just tech reviews he hasn't i mean he's made a separate channel now for car reviews but like it it's it's all been tech reviews yet yeah, he's been going for many years and has had incredible success he makes amazing content but i don't think anyone would say his content is samey or that it needs reinventing um you know i'm sure he very slowly evolves with the times but it, it's all it's just been tech reviews and that's what works and that's it just it just keeps going and going as long as you choose your category if you keep going in it, i think it can it can do mm. well but you're right there is no there is no formula there is no do this over and over again million views video job done it's just not how it works unfortunately <laughs>
0: but despite all this you are at what 90, 90 something thousand uh subscribers now on youtube so you know that that it, you're very close to the big hundred thousand followers right which i know they're all arbitrary numbers but hundred thousand uh, it will feel good and you got the youtube plaque and i'm like hey i've you know that i've achieved something and i feel like i'm ready for a story right so <laughs> i want to i want to I wanna talk achievements i want to talk uh proudest moments if you think back over your your career over the last few years you've you've managed to meet some incredible people some like well one at least global star um and you get to experience a lot of things that a lot of your audience would love to uh, experience themselves love to be a part of so of all the experiences you've had tell us a bit about one that you're particularly proud of
2: yeah uh this is where you're asking me to have a memory which i don't really have (laughs) my memory is (laughs) so bad um i mean obviously you mentioned the 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 meeting of a thing i mean i mean that was amazing i think weirdly for me it's i mean there's there's lots of pieces of content which i've I've been very proud of but that for me it's it's probably more the the gaming stuff like the on-track achievements Mm. Um, you know winning league race uh, league race championships back in the day back in sort of 2012 2013 that was that was great and much more recently yeah what led me to meet lewis hamilton was was winning that competition you know i, I did get invited to the tournament via be a content creator but beyond that there was no favoritism you know i the winner got to meet lewis hamilton that that was that was it um so i had to win it and 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 that was a great feeling it was a really tense race it was a really close race mm. um and it was absolutely you know and i i think for me that's that's almost the bigger achievements is because there's, there's there's genuine competition there like it's it's i i tried really hard for one i wanted to win that race that was the goal my goal was to win and i won goal achieved whereas a content creation as we've sort of spoken about quite a lot there's 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 not really a goal yeah 100k would be absolutely amazing that is definitely a goal of mine no I'd love to get the plaque on, on in the background here that would be absolutely amazing um but like the you know, but then you're on to the next goal. You're on to the next goal. There's this sort of a never-ending mm. list of goals. And I guess you could say, say say about racing tournaments, but um yeah, I I don't know. I mean I mean probably, yeah, getting invited along to to to, Milan to meet to be Lewis Hamilton to go to the Italian Grand Prix, that was amazing. Italian Grand Prix itself was amazing. You know, regardless of, of any of the competition stuff it was just an amazing experience i definitely recommend if no one's been if you're an f1 fan you've never been to monza go to Monza. it's a great circuit to to, 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 to watch at, uh watch f1 at um yeah i i'd say for me it, uh, maybe i'm just a massive nerd but it, it's it's the on track it's, it's the virtual on track achievements it's 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 sitting in my office and 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 setting out to achieve something that seems very difficult to achieve and and, and, and achieving it that's that's the main thing for me um, that I, I guess I would, I would identify as, I guess like my biggest achievement or
0: my, or my best thing. I don't know how to, how to word <laughs> it, but yeah. Alex Gillen, best thing exclusive <laughs> here, here on on the Sim Sundays podcast. Okay, so it's that time. It's time for community questions, uh, and we got loads of uh, community questions today. Um, I've chosen just three. Uh, so the first one is from a guy called Jorit, who I think you know from Sim Racing Center. Yeah. Um, and actually, this is interesting. Okay, I didn't plan this, right? But it's kind of an interesting segue, almost an expansion of, of what we were just talking about. What's your ultimate end goal in sim racing, and what would you like to achieve that you haven't already achieved?
2: So yeah, he, he says sim racing. So I'm, I'm going to exclude the content creation style and just just mm. talk about the the kind of racing side. Again, there. I mean, is there an ultimate end goal? I mean, there's always, particularly with esports getting bigger and bigger, there's always a um a, a, a bigger competition than whatever else. I, I think. I think for me, you know, that isn't. Although I do, you know, if I mentioned my one of my best achievements was uh, winning a, a an on track a virtual racing thing. That's not. You know, I primarily do things for content, right? You know, the reason I was in that competition was because I thought it'd be great content, and yeah, I set out to win it. Of course, I did, and winning it was an amazing feeling, but. It, content is, is the priority i know i said about sim racing but the, the, there isn't i mean I, you know I, I guess what he may be asking him what people maybe want to know is, is is do i aim for esports and and the answer is is no not anymore i think if it was around back in back in my heyday back in 2012 mm. 13 when i seem <laughs> to be winning a lot i think maybe i think i maybe have potential and but, but now like esports has become f1 esports um in, in particular say, i think sim racing competitions to be fair but the the grind needed is insane like you've just got to do so brutal. many hours and hours Absolute and hours of practice and hone the setup perfectly and it's just you know to, to be almost near perfect consistency and it's amazing but that i just i don't want to do that i don't want mm. to do that i mean who knows if i could get there i i, I don't know but i just i don't want to I, I don't i'm not willing to put in the work that it takes it's not one of my goals my goals are now based content creation based not sim racing based um it just doesn't it would be amazing obviously to be an esports and to win an esports title of course that would be incredible but that's not you know now it's content for me it's not really racing so you know i enjoy the experience along the way i enjoy the tournaments that i enter i love racing creator series it's a fantastic um uh series that i race in and, and obviously i'd love to win another, another title there if the, the schedule permits but um yeah i i guess i don't really have any goals then you know just just do as well as i can in, in all the tournaments that i enter you know i'll always enter the the, the tournaments they get offered um if, if if it's good for content and
0: my goal is always to win them but esports nah not for me it's interesting the uh so so we're recording this uh the week before our um episode with red bull uh red red bull racing red bull sim rate they've, they've just changed their name red bull sim racing team we, we had it we went to the factory and we did a um an interview with their three drivers and i did get the sense of the grind of the hours that they have to put in and i did get a sense that perhaps the the atmosphere in in, uh, inside top level esports has changed a little from oh my god this is amazing we get to we get to race to okay well it earns me a salary i'm gonna get a good following but it's gonna cost it's gonna cost me um, yeah, Seb 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 Job. We had him on the the podcast a couple of times now. Uh, once just himself, and then once um, in the factory. And and he was saying about the physical demand that being an F1 esports driver puts on you. And I thought mm, that's odd. You know no g forces or anything. And then I was thinking. And then he was explaining. He's like, no, no, eight hours a day fighting against force feedback in the same small movement in your shoulders, hunched over, you know. And then just you know, left foot only braking for eight hours a day every single day. Like he's having to go to physio to basically get everything realigned and his shoulders sorted up and it was really fascinating that that, that the allure of esports despite its popularity growing seems to be dropping a little among those who have been exposed to it so yeah interesting i think you've got to be a very particular type of person to be a successful esports driver because you have to put in the hours right like i mean yeah
2: natural talent gets you so far but you're still not going to be anywhere near the front with just natural talent with a couple of hundred hours you've got to put in a couple of thousand hours really and then, and then you can maybe be someone in the front. So you've got to be that sort of person that that can mm. yeah, the camp at those eight hours a day, sat in your sim rig, and it just sounds really boring to
0: me. <laughs> the end result would be amazing, but it's just nice. No, no, it's not yeah. for me. Not for me. No, no. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I have a massive skill issue too. That, that there we go. <laughs> <was> that, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Alpine uh, Ambassador Alp- Alpine e Ambassador and Twitch Extraordinaire Tom Brower. Asks, why do you like spreadsheets so much? <laughs> it's
2: funny as I, I know you started it by bringing up spreadsheets for right at the beginning, <laughs> but spreadsheets have genuinely come up multiple times, and I think they would have done anyway. Uh, of course, they have. I, I, I'm i just a massive nerd. I don't want to tell you. I, I just I like sound. I like having my. I, I like having things organized, and I like. I mean, I've always enjoyed coding. Right, that's why I did a bit of web development. Mm. So I have always enjoyed a level of coding and. You know, I don't want to get into big website projects anymore that that, that take days and weeks to, to to produce. But spreadsheets, I guess, are my way of doing a bit of coding in, in some way with, with the formulas and stuff and, and doing, you know, making them really quite advanced um, and, to, and to, to bend them. I mean, most recent one I've done is I've made a custom championship spreadsheet, which we use in four-player career with Tom. Um, and, you know, I, I actually built that for a video. I built that for a video where I was doing the alternative Abu Dhabi season finale um where i deleted red bull uh from the whole season and then shuffled everyone up including fastest mm. lap so it took a bit of research to get the yeah, data yeah. then it took the work to get the spreadsheet you know because obviously you need to count back needs to count for fastest laps you've got the sprint race points uh there's a lot to it so i built it for that really and then um and then uh made the video i thought great and I thought, but actually you know i know when i was building it i knew it was a useful spreadsheet to have in general for future content for play careers. it turns mm. out for whatever else so I don't know. I just enjoy it. it, it weirdly, uh, other than sometimes streaming, it's probably the only thing that I can be at my desk till 3, 4 a.m. Normally I try to keep my sleeping pattern a bit more normal because I live with my girlfriend and I would like to actually see her sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, but spreadsheets, I can be sat at my desk till 3 a.m. Knowing I'm tired, but just like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I made this well. What if I did that? And it's just i don't know what it is i'm just a massive nerd it keeps me engaged is what it is <laughs> you know it's,
0: it's interesting right it's interesting and uh, not to offer some kind of like psychoanalysis of you but it, it's interesting that you can kind of go from like loving development and spreadsheets which is just it just it it, it it's fixed in certainty, right it's almost like it, it you can take potential unknowns and variabilities in terms of let's, let's take your freelance, your income and taxes. And you don't want that uncertainty of how much it's going to cost you. So you build a spreadsheet and now you know all the time what it's going to be. So you you can use a spreadsheet to build certainty with programming and web development code equal X equals Y, right? There is a, this will do that. And there is no variable in between, right? So, so you have a certainty of, right. If I want to achieve that, then I can make it happen every single time the same way, right? So there's a certainty that you're almost like chasing. And then with YouTube, there is a certainty there, but it's just so incredibly complex and has so many variables that it's almost impossible to ever fully conquer it. So it's almost like YouTube is like the ultimate goal in terms of achieving certainty. Can I crack this spreadsheet? Yeah, and I I think that's not just YouTube. You're right, there is a definite connection
2: there. But I think it also works. You know, when I do game analysis and stuff, I'm trying to go, mm. okay, what 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 have they changed under the skin? How does this work? And it's just the way my brain works. Um, I think there's probably a bit of undiagnosed ADHD there as well, which I think definitely lends itself to this sort of thing. Um, but you know, when I'm playing games, I'm always, oh, yeah, but what, what would happen if? You know, I'm almost QA testing. Yeah. What, what would happen if I did this weird thing? What would happen if? What would happen if this happened? Etc wanting to know how things work and kind of tinkering and and you're right it applies to youtube it applies to spreadsheets it applies to web development i i guess that logical curiosity not always curiosity but the certain logic and then Hmm. sometimes curiosity i think feeds a lot of what i do and and spreadsheets is a i guess an outlet for, 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 for an element of that where i don't do web development anymore and 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 I guess was an inlet is is the uh, is the algorithms just just going okay. someone else has made this really complicated thing, and it's my job to figure out how it works mm. so I can get the most out of it. And it's uh, yeah, it's all very connected, isn't it? Spreadsheets, yes. algorithms, racing, gaming, you know, even it's game development. It's all
0: very very connected. Yeah, data driven. Right. Final question. Final question. And this is from uh, fellow sim racing podcast and friends, Sim Racing HQ. They've asked a great question. Right. I, I'm I, I'm intrigued to hear your answer to this one. What makes more impact, F1 esports or well, F1 sim racing now, or the Creator Series? Now, it's a broadish question because he's just said impact. Yeah, but I think we can assume that means impact on the sim racing scene, league racing scene, sim racing in general.
2: Uh, yeah, if you mean Im- uh, yeah, it, as you said, impact is so broad, isn't it? I think um, I think it's, it's got to be esports, right? I mean, I mean e- esports gets the most viewers. You know, obviously, again, we can have a whole separate episode on on esports and lead up to it and all the things that went on yeah yeah. but um there was no hype other than what 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 we created the esports drivers created the content creators created and random people created by going what's going on this is the rumors we've heard this we think it's happening now um but other than that there was no hype created at all there was nothing official at all in in the up to it and yet still the first one got you know like 20k plus live viewers so like there's there's a clear massive massive uh hype there despite their um mm. you know almost complete lack of interest in, <laughs> in uh in in promoting it so i think the only ads can be esports i think i think creator series has got big potential still i think um i i, I actually almost tried to start a a version of creator series a few years ago I, I had a regular thursday race with content creators the first episode did amazing we had people you know team at Marduk, we had arov we had team vvv we had you know just just, just all kinds of sort of random racing based content creators mostly from back in back in my heyday um and yeah it just it just eventually you know people just get bored and kind of fall off but that was almost the idea a regular weekly series that us content creators could enjoy uh and then dirk has obviously done an amazing thing in creating yeah. creator series and again they comes about back to that being so community focused dirk is a big community guy which is why he does well on twitch and it's why he's able to create creator series you know i wouldn't i'm not community focused enough to be able to do that sort of thing. So um Creator Series, I think, is is has got huge potential. I think, you know, EA showed it last year with, with F122. They 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 hosted an in-person event. Um they had 10 FIFA creators and 10 F1 creators. I, w- I was one of the F1 people and that was that was mega. Um, really good event. It was a full on, you know, it's like an esports level. It was a full on studio. We were up on stage, it was rigs. It wasn't an audience. But other than that, it was it was a full-on thing. So there's great potential for that sort of thing there. Um, unfortunately they didn't follow up on that. But then Creator Series is almost almost sort of bore out the ashes of that not quite but almost mm. an EA sponsor created series so i think i think right now esports has definitely got the biggest impact in general I, I don't think i don't think there's any real way to say anything else other than the fact that it's only once a year you know in you know june this year well esports had no impact because other than the drivers doing their own thing there was the actual esports if we're talking about actual the actual esports championship f1 sim racing world championship is now called that had no impact right then right because it wasn't on so but in general i think it's got to be esports but i think creator series has got potential if it keeps going the way it is if ea pick it up more um and it just keeps evolving and, and, and moving i think i think creator series because it would be year-round and because it would be more focused on content creators than the fastest drivers because although you've got people like Jan at is you know a huge content creator as well as mm. one fastest esports drivers massive crossover there um take him out and yet yeah, the other guys do do some content, but like none of them are big content creators. Um, whereas then creator series could have big content creators, potentially in the future, people that get thousands of views, you know? So it's, I think creator series has got more potential to be, have more impact, but right now has to be esports. Sorry, that was really long. And it was, I felt like I repeated myself a bit, but
0: hopefully no, he's <laughs> got the No, interesting anyway. because to be honest with you, I've always thought it was, uh, it, I, I would have, if that was my question, I would have said the content creator series, but actually I think you've swayed me. and Actually, you're right. Esports at the moment is making a bigger impact. But I think the content creator series has more potential because I think more people will care about it because the esports drivers, unless they somehow manage to fix the issue of accessibility and personality, and not they don't have it, but we just don't see it, right? It's just difficult to care too much about these. There's a real hardcore of league racers that may have raced with them or watched them on PSGL or WOR who kind of know them a little bit, but with your content creator, your whole job, you know, less so for you, more so for, for Doug, you're community driven. You have a community of people who care where you come and that will grow with something like content creator series. You get cross-pollination between the different families. I think there would be, it, to reverse that question, I think there would be a bigger impact if it was withdrawn. I think I think it would, I think it would, uh, I think to use a different word than impact, I would say for me, the content creator series is perhaps more important to the success of sim racing Long term, because I think the personality-driven communities as a concept for a team, i.e., you know your team, Dirk's, you know the 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 team is the people in the background watching and supporting. I think that is going to be far more impactful in the future. But probably debate this for hours. Yeah, (laughs)
2: uh, yeah. I'll I'll be brief because I know it's been it's been a while. I think we've gone longer than we intended, but it's. It is interesting because how do you evolve them? If you evolve Crave Series, you go, okay, we've got some sponsors in now, it's been promoted by EA, we're going to do some advertising, we've got some prize money now. If you choose prize money, you get faster people. So eventually it mm. becomes esports anyway, mm. bigger the prize fund. Um, and then it, I, I found an interesting point there you mentioned about esports um, that, you know, there is personalities and you don't see them. There is personalities but there is much stronger personalities in Creator Series because you've got to have a strong personality to be a creator. 100%. You don't need a strong personality at all. So in fact, really because you're working for the teams the less almost the less personality you've got the better because the teams don't like people that go out and say wild stuff they like yeah. media machines that's what they like they're media trained uh you know th- there's been multiple occasions i won't name anything but there's been multiple occasions where people have either have tweeted things or wanted to tweet to things mm. and been told no or been told to sit down recently very recently so there's the, there's there's lots of stuff there that, that, that kind of goes on and actually you know you mentioned it as well esports drivers you know where before they were almost excited to be there now they're like well it's just my job so mm. you're always killing the personality eight hours a day doing the same thing in the rig as i said yeah it's not what i want to do and you know would someone get bored of that would they become boring for that maybe mm. i don't know so right now they're, they're <laughs> they are
0: quite different but i think well, one is one is i would argue that one is sport and the other is entertainment. You watch esports for the sport of it the problem being is that you could watch motorsports as an alternative the content creator series is entertainment because it's personality led and the personalities it doesn't doesn't matter the motorsport exists because their personalities you're watching you're not watching it because it's racing you're watching it because you like the personalities so it's the difference between entertainment and sports and sim racing will always be competing against motorsport whereas the content creator series as an entertainment vehicle isn't really competing against anyone, it's just an entertainment. It's a show with these personalities like any other show.
2: It's an excellent point. And I think you're absolutely right. I think again, though, there's there's almost like a line there between because again, you if you expand up creator series, you give it a big budget, they go, okay, well let's 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 pay someone who's a huge streamer to be in the series. Let's pay them just, you know, whether that's prize money or whether that's we'll just pay you X amount per episode. And because then you you're you're chasing exactly what you said, you're chasing personalities, you're chasing views, you're chasing exposure, chasing impact. Um but then again, then you, you kinda of put in money into it in a sort of weird way and then does that and then move it even further away from being sports, it becomes you know, EA did one recently in Vegas which which had Charlotte Clerk racing, mm. which was amazing, but you know, the the racing on show was not the best, should we say, because then you know well, Charlotte is obviously a racer, but it's not he's not he doesn't play much of the F one game. But then obviously the other people you got, they end up crashing and hitting into each other and mm. it's just, yeah, everyone's off the track. And it's just, it's not, it's yeah. that, I didn't I didn't really watch it. I skimmed through it to make sure there was nothing that I needed to see, but I didn't watch it because it's just not, for me, it's, you know, they, that doesn't interest me. But it got it got great numbers. So then does Creator Series become that? Or does it, if it wants to expand, or does it go more to the sports way? I think it's really hard to keep Creator Series on its current lane, whereby you've got personality-led creators that are also competitive and sporting. There's, there's a really hard one to stop it veering into being too personality and content creation more like what EA did or two the other way which is more like esports so it'll be interesting I think how it evolves create a series you know as I said mm. they've got EA sponsoring them now so there's there's some money there um, who knows how much but uh, you know give it lots more which way does it go I don't know I don't know I think right now though esports definitely most impact future it will depend what happens
0: well, I'm <laughs> looking forward we can discuss this again in a year's time see, see see what's happened Alex thank you so much for your time really really appreciate you coming on the show and I've really enjoyed our Conversation,
2: yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. With the hundred thousand. Oh yes. Oh, maybe I'll get there eventually. I don't think it'll be this year. But I need to. I need to just stick, pick a thing and stick to it. That's what I need to do. So no. I just change my mind every five minutes. But it's what
0: I enjoy. <laughs> cheers, cheers, guys.